You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, February 20th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. A legislative resolution in support of Alaska's salmon troll fleet has cleared its first hurdle, although it has a way to go before seeing a full vote of the Alaska House and Senate. House Joint Resolution 5 is the first piece of legislation introduced by Sitka Representative Rebecca Himshoot, who was elected to a first term last November and was sworn in this past January. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. House Joint Resolution 5 was heard in the House Special Fisheries Committee on February 14th, Valentine's Day. Representative Himshoot used the day as a springboard to focus attention on southeast trollers, whose livelihood has been jeopardized by a lawsuit in the federal court in Seattle. I want to start by wishing everyone a happy Valentine's Day. And if there's one thing Alaskans love, it's our fishermen. So we're going to talk about some fishermen today. Imshute and co-sponsor Ketchikan Representative Dan Ortez are the only two Southeast Alaskans on the Special Fisheries Committee. Himshute explained the significance of the troll fleet to the other members. You'll find trollers in every community of Southeast Alaska. I don't know if there's a community without at least one troller, no matter how small the community. So it's a a very important fishery for Southeast Alaska. Um, And 85% of the trollers in the fleet are Alaska residents. So these are people who are hook and line fishing. So when they put their line in the water, it's a very sustainable fishery. They're going to pull up a salmon. This incredible homegrown fleet of fishermen doing the hard work that brings in about $85 million to our economy in southeast Alaska is under attack, and they've been attacked by the Wild Fish Conservancy. Um, There's a lawsuit that started in 2019, and this resolution is going to um, urge state and federal agencies to continue defending our trollers. Although the Southeast King Salmon Fishery is the target of the lawsuit, the defendant is the National Marine Fisheries Service, which oversees the management of the nation's commercial fisheries. In broad terms, the Wild Fish Conservancy argues that NIMFS violated the Endangered Species Act when it failed to fully account for the impact of Alaska trolling on the food supply of a population of endangered killer whales in Puget Sound. Although experts believe that NIMFS can correct this supposed error, it's now in the hands of a federal judge in Washington whether or not to shut down trolling for king salmon in Alaska until it's remedied. Other members of the committee tried to tease out a better understanding of the problem. Committee Chair Sarah Vance of Homer asked Alaska Trollers Association Director Amy Doherty if harm to killer whales was an ongoing concern. Has there been concerns about um, impact to the orcas prior to this? Never. In fact, um, it's, it's our understanding that every other orca population up and down the coast is healthy and, in fact, increasing, except for this localized Puget Sound population. This is probably the most incongruent aspect of the lawsuit for trollers who regard themselves as an environmentally sensitive fishery. Shutting down commercial trolling for king salmon in Alaska may not have any effect at all on killer whales in Puget Sound. Sitka troller, environmentalist, and fisheries advocate Eric Jordan could barely contain his frustration. This existential threat to close down our southeast troll fishery in a fundraising charade by the Wild Fish Conservancy is a brutal assault on us that won't save one orca. It is the most vicious, misguided assault I have witnessed in a lifetime of experience with fisheries conflicts. Tad Fujioka, board chair of the Seafood Producers Cooperative in Sitka, 
argued that the Wild Fish Conservancy lawsuit failed to accurately trace the problem for Puget Sound's killer whales. If it did, the line would lead right back to Puget Sound. The black salmon isn't really the problem that the southern resident killer whales face. Um, if it was, we wouldn't see that the uh, Alaskan and British Columbia orca pods growing so steadily. The real problem for southern residents is the pollution in Puget Sound. You know, there's five million people that live in the Puget Sound area. And with all the heavy pollution and road runoff, it makes the local fish toxic. The Washington Department of Health recommends that people eat no more than two servings of Puget Sound king salmon per month. And of course, the local killer whales eat a whole lot more than that. And that's made them some of the most contaminated marine mammals anywhere in the world. The House Special Fisheries Committee unanimously passed House Joint Resolution 5 out of committee. Its next stop is the Rules Committee, where it could be scheduled for a floor vote. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The U.S. District Court of Western Washington could issue a final report and recommendation on the Wild Fish Conservancy lawsuit any day. Additional reporting on this story, including comment from the Conservancy, is coming shortly from KFSK in Petersburg. Alaska's gymnasts scored big at the Arctic Games in Alberta, Canada earlier this month. The four gymnasts from around the state won the top award for the team competition, the Gold Ulu. Then, two days later, they racked up medals during individual team competition. Sitkin, Trisha Bessert coached them to victory. I'm really proud of them for coming through the team Gold Ulu. That was exciting, but for the individual competition where each gymnast was going for individual medals, And our team took home 12 out of 15 medals. Yeah, they did awesome. Gymnast Emma Marsh from Anchorage also scored the gold all-around title for the highest combined score in all four events. Bessert says Marsh also took home the coveted fair play pin. It is only awarded to 35 athletes out of 2,000. And it stands for ultimate sportsmanship. So she was recognized as one of the 35 athletes that displayed ultimate sportsmanship during the competition. Two Mount Edgecombe High School students also scored big. Peter Griggs placed silver in the two-foot high kick, and Colton Paul won the gold ulu in all five of the competitions he entered. Paul tied for the most gold medals won by a single competitor for Team Alaska. Earlier this month, over 2,100 athletes, coaches, and staff gathered in Wood Buffalo, Alberta, Canada for the Arctic Winter Games. The international sports competition for northern athletes happens every other year, with Alaskans representing the United States. After spearheading the joint resolution, Representative Rebecca Himshoot's next stop was a visit to Petersburg. Longtime Sitka teacher, Himshoot recently became a freshman in the Alaska legislature as the District 2 House Representative. She spoke with KFSK's Rachel Cassandra about top issues in fishing, the ferry service, and education. I was on two standing committees to begin with. One is education, and we can talk about that, and one is community and regional affairs. And then I got added last week to the fisheries committee. I had already co-sponsored three things from Louise Stutes that the Petersburg vessel owners had talked about important things that we need to try to get done. So Louise brought three bills forward, and I co-sponsored those right away. And those have to do with allowing someone on the board of fish, and I suppose also the board of game, to be able to provide input as a board member, even if they can't vote due to a conflict. The derelict vessel thing, I think we can all get behind not having derelict vessel cleanup fall on municipalities. The third one is development of new fisheries through 
local associations. Even before I was on fisheries, you know, the situation with the trollers and the Wild Fish Conservancy lawsuit is, you know, this is an $85 million industry in Southeast Alaska. It touches every community. For folks who are interested in equity, anyone can get into trolling. It's a low-barrier fishery. I don't like to take on the science and say the science is wrong. I want to trust the science and figure out how to work with it. So I'm not pushing back on science. I'm pushing back on an absence of science in this case. So there are things happening in fisheries, and we all know it in the trawl fishery, that are unacceptable. You know, the amount of bycatch is is not great. And there's always room for improvement. But the trollers, you know, they're a pretty clean fleet. I'm on the standing committee for education in the House. I think what people in the state are really looking at is the bigger conversation around base student allocation and the funding of schools. The BSA is intended to be used to educate kids. You know, energy costs do come out of that. Health insurance comes out of that. But transportation is a separate fund, and it also hasn't been increased. So districts have been dipping into money intended for the classroom to pay for busing or um, using money that's intended for students and learning is being used to heat buildings. If we do a $1,000 BSA increase, all that does is stop the bleed. All that does is stop districts from continuing to cut. What that won't do is it won't pay for the Alaska Reads Act, which passed last year. The Reads Act, I think, has the potential to do some really powerful, positive work in the state, but it does place mandates on districts, and it didn't come with a meaningful increase in funding. There's about $30 per student. The Reads Act was modeled on what's been successful in other states. So Mississippi's had quite a bit of success, but Mississippi also worked on it for like an eight-year stretch with funding increases every year. I don't think any district is saying that there's not a problem, and I don't think any district is saying they don't want to do what the Reads Act is asking, but they can't do it under the conditions we're providing right now. You had office hours yesterday. Anything that came up? Quite a bit of conversation around the ferries, and it looks like it's going to be a while until the ferries are happening the way they used to. I was hoping that by 2024 we would have some improved ferry service. looks like it's going to be a longer horizon than that, more like 2025. Folks need to stick with it, continue to be vigilant, continue to give input. That feels like a big ask in Petersburg. Well, we have jet service in Petersburg. I'm talking about places like Cake and Angoon and Tenneke. It's a lot to ask, but at the same time, at least we're not still screaming into this long tunnel with no light at the end. There is some light at the end of the tunnel now for the first time in a long time. I'm wondering how you see your background in education playing into your work in the legislature. The role of the legislature, the role of government, is to make sure people have what they need to live the best life they can. And that's also the role of a teacher in a classroom. So this work isn't that different. That was District 2 House Representative Independent Rebecca Hemshoot talking with KFSK's Rachel Cassandra. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.